Welcome to Wizard Team, a Harry Potter cast for true Potterheads. Each week we discuss a chapter from the series with all of our knowledge of the world of Harry Potter. Be warned, this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. I'm Bayana. And I'm Robin. We're really excited to go through these chapters and discuss all of our thoughts and feelings about the book. Today we're discussing Chapter 7 of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, Bagman and Crouch. First we have announcements and reminders. We want this podcast to be interactive and want to know your thoughts, so please feel free to tweet along with us. You can use the hashtag wizard team on Twitter to follow along. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to be black at Hogwarts? Do you want to write about it? We are working on a project called Hogwarts BSU, a collection of stories, fan art, etc., illustrating what it would be like to be a black Hogwarts student. If you would like to submit, check out blackgirlscreate.org for the guidelines. Love our blog, love wizard team, have a few extra galleons lying around. Um, please consider becoming a Patronus. We are video recording these episodes and Patroni have access to those videos. At $5 or more per month, you get the video on the Tuesday before the episode drops. And then $10 or more per month, you get a link to watch us record live. Flit, you guys can, um, as a Patronus, you can join in the conversation live as well. We have a chat room that we constantly check in and see what people are thinking as we're going through the chapters. So... There's really fun way, fun, um, cool perks. If you want to support us but don't have the funds to do so, or even if you do, um, an additional way to support us is to rate and review us on iTunes. And if you want to donate but can't do a monthly donation, you can do- check out our PayPal. You can find the link um, at blackgirlscreate.org slash donate. Also subscribe to our newsletter. Most weeks we share no- nerd news and links to what's been going on. So if you want to be in the know, be sure to subscribe. You can also do that on blackgirlscreate.org. Blackgirlscreate.org. It is a hub of blackness and creation and also where you can find all of these great things that we talk about each week. Pretty much. You should also check out our social, which is follow us on Twitter at WeBlock and Nerds. Like us on Facebook at Black Girls Create, And join our Wizard Team Facebook group where we ask the tough, hard-hitting questions like if you were a part of the Triwizard Tournament, which dragon would you choose if you had to face a dragon? The egg, not viable question, or not a viable answer to that question. Don't be all wizard team about it. Wizard team is not uh, also a verb. Okay, let's talk about what's going on in the wizard team, Potterhead, Potter fandom universe. Me. Yeah. So, one, Fantastic Beasts has passed um, 500 million in the international box office. So, shout out to that. Yeah. Knew that would happen, but also, you know, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> also, The Cursed Child is coming to Broadway in 2018. So for those of you who don't have money and or somehow finessed your way to get to London <laughs> um, or are figuring that out now, you can also just like wait for two years or a year and just go to New York and that's cheaper and I mean, who it's knows who the cast like, will be, but still. But it won't be the, super affordable, but But it's cheaper than going to London. Yeah. And then you won't the have The plane ticket will be less. And then you won't have and the problems that me and Bayan are currently talking about, which is just, you know. General brokitude. Broke. <laughs> we actually talked about this morning, earlier today. We talk all day, guys. It's really annoying. Or yeah. great, depending on if you. Depending uh, on the conversation. <laughs> yeah. But we were talking about trying to separate being poor from being broke because we are both at the stage of brokenness that is that is oppressive. But we were like, we did go to London and we did see 
uh, the Chris Child. Bayana did get to see uh, the Formation World Tour, and I did go to New York to see Hamilton, so we are not poor, but we broke. <laughs> like, yeah. We had some adventures in 2016, but we broke, and we really, really want to go to LeakyCon in 2017, so brokenness is just going to be a part of our makeup for a while. Fun. Fun time. So fun. Anyway. Anyway, this Friday, Barnes & Noble is hosting Harry Potter balls across the country. Who's going? Raise your hand. I don't know yet. Yeah, because it's... I just have to find someone like 17 to... 17 degrees. Girls, stay with that's, that's, that's the first reason. Like, you will not see me dressing up. If I do go, I'm going to be fully... Yeah, like, no cosplay. I can wear my Hufflepuff scarf. That's about it. Like, right. not, a, not a plan. <laughs> not happening. I don't know what cold weather means i don't know what anything <laughs> below 30 degrees means as like a concept and i don't really want to find out but i know that i will and out. i don't know it's that clear. i want to find out just to get to barnes and noble i just i'm not sure yet um also i'm a, like the potterhead in me thinks this is really dope and like would love to go the introvert slash shy person in me is like hell to the no um yep. so unless i can find someone to go with me which is possible there was a chicago now that I think about it. who just followed me on twitter who was i like, have a friend who's a potterhead like who i know though people and i told her to listen to our podcast and join the team i doubt that she's already on episode 67 if she took my advice to listen to the podcast also i met someone i know <laughs> i'm not a person Let's to go with people twitter, who guys. i don't know hey on twitter chicago potterhead pick a barnes and noble Make a time, make a plan, be each other's dates, and then convince introvert Bayana to come out with you. It will take them Distance also counts, because per our last news bit when we were talking about being broke, I can't take Uber right now. So, oh. we need yeah. it to be... We, we can figure it out. Let's figure it I out. I just got parameters. Chicago Barnes & Noble... That is not too far away from some sort of public transit that also isn't take a long time because it's cold as heck in Chicago. We got some, there's some logistics that we'll figure out offline here, but we can figure this out. We're a team. One team, one dream. I am right now trying to convince your mother to come with me because to the ball? I got a date. But she's four, and she gonna need a ride home. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, what about Icky? She might go. She might go. I don't know. Um, and then she I got her new hairdo together. She's have... probably trying to step out, look cute. That <laughs> 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 was a loaded sigh. <laughs> she tried to get me to go to First Fridays on Friday, and I was like, "You look cute," and I don't want to waste that, but. The, one, I got a cold, and two, the way the way my body works and, you know, the way that my whole thing that I'm rocking here works, <laughs> First Friday, <laughs> First Friday means me inside, for sure. Um, but I also have so a I'm friend saying. coming to town on Friday, um, my nerd bestie, so I feel like we can go. Oh, yeah. Um, Y'all are good. Y'all are set. But, again, the way my bank account works, we have to be... It's hard with the nerd bestie, because, like, I feel like with you, you're like, Robin, we don't have any money. Like, you could keep your level logic brain, 
But with Nerd Bestie, we like squee, like her squee activates my squee, and then like, we squee <laughs> together. And there's no one there 90% of the time to be like, hi guys, I know you're excited. I know this is like activating all your nerd feels, but let's think about this logically. <laughs> so, you know. Nerd Bestie I'm the also, Hermione of nerds. Yeah. Nerd Bestie also went to London um, with us, so... She did. She's feeling... We're all feeling the brokenness of that... Experience. Experience. It was an experience. <laughs> okay. Right. Um, magical birthdays. Yesterday, it's weird because, like, again, we record these earlier, but still. Yesterday Timing was on. Hagrid's birthday. Yeah. So shout out to Hagrid. And happy birthday. I retweeted, and maybe we'll retweet it again, I don't know, um, this really cute comic cartoon art thing that someone made about Harry taking Hagrid shopping to go back to Hogwarts to finish his magical education, and it's so cute, but also I'm just like very excited by the thought that he went back to Hogwarts to finish his education as opposed right. to just like teaching folk. So There's still some years to, to teach, but still. Yeah. Shouts to Hagrid. Um, you're in your 70s now. 80s, maybe. 80s? Damn. Damn. I mean, that's not even that old, like, wizarding no. Wizarding wise, age, so. but... He young. He got, <laughs> he got some years. Um, I bet you he went to go, like, visit Madame Maxine, and they just, like... Had some tea on the beach. <laughs> they read books together, and this is a children's book, Robin. <laughs> Okay, so this isn't going to help what's like. going on on this other side of this Google chat, but next Monday is Charlie Weasley's birthday. And we're going to have some tea and scones, and we're going to go out for some texting, texting and scones. <laughs> hey, boo! Uh-uh. No. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Go, Charlie. So. It's your birthday. We go party like it's your birthday. She was biased. Gonna, she didn't do this for Haggard. We gonna sip fire whiskey like it's your birthday. And you know we gonna get it. It's your birthday. It's rude, right? You can find us so in the rude. Wizard Club. Bottles full of bub. Okay. Charlie, let's, we... let's get into the chapter because that was the last but We're thing, just, we're just gonna think... just keep going. Like we're just gonna skate past the fact that like my, my boo thing. I think that you acknowledged it enough for the both of us. I think we can now move on to the chapter. Don't act like you, um, lo- like you don't love my boo thing just as hard as heartily. Because I don't. That's good, actually. I don't want to. So. Say but. All right. Yeah. Great. Chapter seven. Um, previously on Wizard Team, um, Harry, Hermione, and the Weasleys woke up at the crack of dawn. And decided, or didn't decide, they just walked across, um, uh, ooh, what's it called? Ottery St. Catchpole, up a hill to find a mangy old boot held by one Amos Diggory. Who um, needs to sit down. Who needs to sit down. And his son Cedric, who cool. is alright. Yeah. Um, so they took said boot, which is actually a port key, and it teleported them to um, a secret place. We don't know specifically where it is. A secret place where the Quidditch World Cup is going to be held. And a large where we... A large moor? Is that, I think that's what it's yeah. called. Yep. So, mm-hmm. 
I'm assuming yeah. I like in my mind's eye, in my mind, in my third eye. My okay, okay, um, okay. Hold up, Ernie. <laughs> Ooh, we get to see in a little bit. Um, in my third eye, I am imagining kind of like the, like, the wizarding or the British equivalent of like a Yos- like a Yosemite. You know, uh-huh. like because there's oh, big mm-hmm. camp, there's this big campsite that everyone's at. Yeah. Okay, cool. So this is chapter seven, Bagman and Crouch. Harry disentangled himself from Ron and got to his feet. They had arrived on what appeared to be a deserted stretch of misty moor. In front of them was a pair of tired, grumpy-looking wizards, one of whom was holding a large gold watch, the other a thick roll of parchment and a quill. Both were dressed as muggles, though very inexpertly. Um, The man with the watch wore a tweed suit with thigh-length galoshes, his colleague a kilt and a poncho. Which is just like y'all are just like mixing cultures and like yeah, and we're like we were just talking about like weather like seasons. Mm-hmm. Like you can't be wearing galoshes <laughs> and with a suit. suit. Like it's like not even like comfortable. Nah, but. like where the where, like did you shove your pants legs inside the galoshes? I you know, and then like a poncho and a kilt. Like bruh, can you choose one? It's a lot. It's, it's a, a lot. lot. Um, and like I'll get there's a there's an article on Pottermore about clothing um and so we'll get to that in a little bit but like yeah these it's kind of it's a lot still there's no explanation for why you can't pick up um as we get to see later when we when I guess we're gonna get to the thing about clothing why you can't pick up a muggle magazine and then just be like all right yeah they dress yeah Morning, Basil, said Mr. Weasley. So there are other port keys um, that, like, other than the boot, there's an old newspaper, empty drinks can, and a punctured football. Um, which is cool, because it kind of just shows that, like, a port key can literally be anything. Which kind of worries me. Um, um, and that's, it's it's in the port key Pottermore, uh, like, section, too. But it worries me because, like, yeah, it's just, like, trash, and people more or less will, like, leave it alone. But there's still people who will, like, pick that up. And then yeah. end up transported somewhere. Like, what the fuck? Well, especially, um, like, if you see, like, the old newspaper or empty drink cans. Like, in this day and age, like, I'm thinking about just on the streets in San Francisco or something. If I see an old newspaper or a trash, like, a, a can, there is literally a trash can cycle hybrid, like, every block or two. I'm going to pick it up mm-hmm. and throw it away. And be mad about these litter, like the like the litter. You know what I mean? Right. Unless it looks exactly. like contaminated with some stuff, which mm-hmm. let's be honest, um, it's San Francisco. It's San Francisco. <laughs> that's it. They do that. Even in in Oakland, where I live now, like downtown Oakland, you can't go more than like a block without seeing a trash can and a recycle. So I'm gonna pick up garbage and be mad about like the littering. So mm-hmm. they do talk about randomly, sometimes like muggles randomly getting a port key. But yeah, I feel like there should be a little bit more, like personally I'm thinking like it would be really cool if they were like fire hydrants, right? So like there's like mm-hmm. the third fire hydrant on the left or something like that that you like walk by or like an electrical box or something that like you see it, you don't, you know, it looks like. Or a police public call box. Or that. Hint, hint. I didn't want to say wink, that. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> or that. I was thinking that. Um, yeah, you know what I mean? Like a, a mailbox. Well, no, I guess you could accidentally get a mailbox because people do use those. But, you know, like it should be a, a little bit more substantial than trash. 
less yeah. substantial than something that like that would cause attention, bring attention to itself. That would be so dope. I'm thinking like in the nineties, in this time period, people are probably still using phone boobs. Yeah. Maybe not as much, but like probably still, but like it wouldn't it be dope if it was like the handle on a phone booth? Or like a phone booth, right? So everyone like piles in. Because people like we have phone booths now and people just walk by them because you know, cell phones. They're just like remnants mm-hmm. of these things that have never gotten removed. Yeah. Guys, um, on Twitter, let us know what you think would be a cool pork piece. Let's continue. Uh, like, a, a, not, not reasonable, but like, just a better alternative than like a piece of garbage. Yeah. Okay. H- Hello there, Arthur, said Basil. Not on duty, eh? It's all right for some. We've been here all night. You'd better get out of the way. We've got a big party coming in from Black Forest. From the Black Forest at 5.15. So Basil kind of like directs the Weasleys and the Diggories to their campsites. They're in two separate campsites. Thank the Lord. So we don't have to deal with Amos Amos anymore. Nope. He don't even say nothing. They just, they just separate, say, go their separate ways. And the Weasleys approach a cottage door. Um, A man was standing in the doorway looking out at the tents. Harry knew at a glance that he was the only real muggle for several acres. So yeah, so this is uh, Mr. Roberts. And so he basically runs this like campsite, I guess. They say he's had, the Weasleys have a space by the wood um, just for the night. And then it's time for them to pay. So Mr. Weasley brings Harry up to help him figure out the muggle money. And Mr. Roberts kind of notices and says, you foreign. You're not the first person who's had trouble with money. I had two try to pay me with great gold coins the size of hubcaps, hubcaps 10 minutes ago. Did you really, said Mr. Weasley nervously. Never been this crowded, he said. Hundreds of pre-bookings. People usually just turn up. Is that right? Aye. People from all over. Loads of foreigners. And not just foreigners. Weirdos, you know. There's a bloke walking around in a kilt and a poncho. Shouldn't he? Said Mr. Weasley anxiously. <laughs> <laughs> it's like some sort of, I don't know, like some sort of rally. They all seemed to know each other, like a big party. At that moment, a wizard in plus fours appeared out of thin air next to Mr. Robert's front door. Obliviate, he said. Instantly, Mr. Robert's eyes slid out of focus, his brows unknitted, and a look of dreamy unconcern fell over his face. The wizard in plus fours accompanies him toward the gates of the campsite. He looked exhausted. Been having a lot of trouble with him, needs a memory charm ten times a day to keep him happy. And Ludo Bagnan's not helping, trotting around talking about bludgers and quaffles at the top of his voice, not a worry about anti-muggle security. Blimey, I'd be glad. I'll be glad when this is over. See you later, Arthur. So I want to talk really quickly about the ethics of obliviating muggles, mm-hmm. and when and how and how many times and yep. if there's any. Do we know about like we do know when the obliviate the curse or not? It's not a curse really. It's a charm. Yeah. So you might consider it a curse. There's so many, like, sci-fi movies about someone who has gaps in their memories. I'm playing slowly. I'm very slowly playing this video game where this woman gets her entire memory erased and she has to go on to find it. So it could be, like, considering the use, it might be considered a curse. But we see when Gilderoy Lockhart's charm backfires and the damage that that does to him. But he's trying to, like, do a very powerful obliviate charm on ron and harry and doing mm-hmm. it on both of them at the same time i think and also doing it on a one that's like super faulty yeah yeah but we don't know we don't really get to the like we have it's kind of like we have with um our own modern medicine and stuff like that like we have 
like if you do you see like the high rates of cancer and stuff and like women when birth control first was made available and legal because they were just like all of the estrogen all of the chemicals right and then like afterwards they were like oh you only really need like a tiny bit you know like they figured out like medicine and science caught up and was like uh that probably wasn't you know the best thing and so obviously like oblivion's a a pretty common i think because we've seen it this isn't the first time we've seen it and we're in book four now so it's common enough that like Carrie recognizes it immediately but it, it's one of those where I start to worry about do they know like the, the full ramifications like even with Bertha Jorkins like uh, she ends up being a little bit messed up you know what I mean so to do it 10 times unwittingly to a muggle I didn't actually think that there isn't really a time in which Obliviate is used with someone's consent no, it's, I don't think it's, at least as far as we see, it's never with anyone, with someone's consent. And I do understand in situations like when Sirius allegedly blew up the the street and yeah. the muggles and all that shit. Like, situations like that where it's like, it's a clear very magic. clear, like, thing of magic and like, you have to figure, you know what I mean? Like, you have yeah. to wipe it all away or... I mean, even even in um, Fantastic Beasts, we see that. Yeah, in Fantastic Beasts, it's like okay, it was such a like blow up of like the statute of secrecy that I understand. But in these ones, he's just getting a little suspicious. Like, I don't think that he would investigate much further than just being like, "These are some weird people who came," and it being like some story like ten years later, like, "Hey, honey, you remember that time we had all them like weirdos just like in our." little campsite yeah. or whatever that was strange like i don't think it needed to be like a thing where you obliviate dude 10 times a day for like at least two weeks right because that's how like a lot of people have to arrive weeks in advance so it just seems a little extra and, and i get and like I they're like... super stressed because they really because it's so many wizards and witches like coming yeah. in and there's a lot of like real kind of situations where it could potentially be a problem. I don't think they necessarily need to obliviate for small small things like him noticing a dude in a poncho and a kilt. And I also think that that is another problem with them being so... It's, it's another flaw in their disconnect... Being so disconnected from muggle society and the muggle, like, culture. Because if I saw something like that, like, my first guess... And I was just reading... I'm, I was reading this um, urban fantasy series that I really love, Mercy Thompson. And she mentions because there's witches in that series about how witches hide in plain sight because if you call yourself a witch like people in our culture think like obviously you're baddie or you're like one of those like you know like a wiccan or some weird you know what i mean and they just kind of Mm -hmm. write it off as nonsensical or you know so he they don't know enough about muggle culture to see like let him think that there is some weird cult or some weird group of you know what i mean like Right. His brain you sort of, like, let their mind make up the explanation for it. Yeah. And then leave it alone. And leave like, it alone. it's fine. Yeah. Like, even with, even on, um, what's it called? Like, we see in the first chapter of the series when Vernon is driving to work and he sees all these people in cloaks and he's like, I mean, he gets a little unnecessarily, like, angry about mm-hmm. it, but he doesn't automatically think witches and wizards. He just thinks these are some strange people. I don't like strange yeah. things. But he did, like, he just thinks, oh, maybe they're collecting for something. Maybe they're just, like... I don't know, just doing like weird Um, things. Yeah, it's like something, whatever. So yeah, I just, I don't, I don't think it's necessary in this kind of instance until something like 
really, you know, really big happens and to like be prepared for when something big does happen because But it goes back to even thinking about Vernon again, like when Vernon blows up because Harry's like, I dreamed of a flying car and he's like, cars don't fly. And everyone's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, dude, we know, like, (laughs) calm down. Because Vernon is thinking about magic, his brain automatically assumes that everyone else is going to make that connection. Mm -hmm. And because wizards are so steeped in magic and their own culture and they're so cut off from muggles, they automatically assume, dude, think, like, dude notices this guy is dressing in a poncho and a kilt and automatically like, oh, he's a wizard. There's this whole underground network of wizards which <laughs> I don't even know. You know what I mean? Like, he's gonna go full, right. like, Which is like, honestly, for me, if I see something weird, I'm just like, that's weird and I just keep, keep moving. moving. <laughs> like, acknowledge that it's like, out of the ordinary yep. and then keep it moving. Literally like, it had nothing to do with me. Whatever. The first time I was like, oh, I'm like, I'm Bay Area for real now, is I went to Hardly Strictly, which is this, like, free musical festival, and this dude was in, like, head-to-toe, like, jumpsuit that was all, like, sequined out in, like, different colors and stuff, and was rocking, like, huge platforms, and my first thought was, like, ugh, he's in my way. Like, I just couldn't see. <laughs> and, I, and then I was, like, okay, I'm from here now, because, like, I saw it, and I was, like, all right, homeboy's weird. But I mean, and maybe, and, maybe, and like, you said that, and, like, maybe that's the thing, <laughs> like, maybe in, like, maybe in the UK, they see some weird shit, and they're like, that's weird, what, like, you know what I mean, like, yeah. go to investigate or whatever, whereas, like, in the Bay, we see weird shit all the time. The, the like, underground magical community in the Bay Area is probably, like, lax as shit. Like, they got, uh, they know, up uh, like, Bacusa and shit, they're all, like, paranoid, but in the Bay, they're like, oh, nah, they... Everybody's yeah. weird here. Everybody nobody weird. cares. Well, they were just walk down the street in my robes and nobody will bat an eye. Yeah. This um, actually goes back to that fanfic that I was reading, The Survivor, about Remus Lupin in the 80s. And there's like a cameo from Amelia Bones, I believe. And she's like in Soho, which is like the gay neighborhood in London, like in full cloak. Like she didn't even wear in muggle clothes, hanging out with her muggle girlfriend in a cafe. And she's like, you'll find that it's easier to be yourself here because there's so many different, like, like this is where all of the weirdos congregate that your weirdness doesn't make a big splash. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. she's not going around being like, I work for the Ministry of Magic. and you right. know what I mean? <laughs> But she doesn't even bother to, like, change her clothes because, like, what's one lady in a cloak compared to, like, you know, dude in full-on sequin jumpsuit and, like, six-inch platform boots walking around? Mm-hmm. Like, all things being equal, weird is weird is weird, right? So, I mean, on a moor in the middle of nowhere, to me, I would be like, oh, this is some kind of, like, London burning, like, British burning man. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Like, exactly. when I was, the first time I ever heard of Burning Man was at a film festival in San Diego, and they were film, they were, sh- like, screening this Burning Man documentary, and I'd never heard of Burning Man, and, like, a bunch of burners come streaming into the the theater and I'm like what is this I'm and some dude was like oh they're burners and I was like all right you know right I've been to a quidditch match (laughs) whatever makes you happy like but I think that 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 having that is because you we have been exposed to like in the bay right like we're exposed to all of these weird like when you're exposed to enough weirdness weirdness is no longer weird Mm-hmm. And so being so closeted and being so cut off 
they're way more paranoid than they should be because they don't understand like the spectrum of muggles you know what i mean like goth muggles or whatever you know they're weird wizards mm-hmm. that you just are like you know the love goods right and they're just kind of right. like all right then that's you know what they do so why wouldn't it be why if false reason that there are like these like specialized niche groups of muggles so yeah i think that yeah. that is what makes them i think that's the root cause of what makes them so paranoid or so gung-ho to like obliviate this dude but i also worry about like what is the the not only the ethics of it but like what are the long-lasting effects of obliviating someone 10 times a day mm-hmm. you know do they care do they know do they are they marking it down like oh i obliviate i obliviated him an hour ago maybe you should hold off a little bit right do they follow up like a month later to make sure he's all right like right and i mean and then we see in a couple chapters like when they leave yeah. Like, he has, like, damage to his, like, he has brain damage, yeah. basically, so that he can forget all these things that have happened, and especially this one particular traumatic event that happens. And yeah, it just is, like, not great. And then I start to think about, like, early onset Alzheimer's or dementia or, like, traumatic brain injuries. <laughs> like, it's all, mm-hmm. it's just, like, the ethics of it. It's, like, a, an aside, like, they, like, he obliviates him, and then. Mr. Roberts very placidly gives Mr. Weasley the campsite, and the wizard and plus fours accompany them toward the gate, looking exhausted, been having a lot of trouble with him, needs a memory charm ten times a day to keep him happy, and is like, I'll be glad when this is over, see you, Arthur. And there's no thought to, ten times a day, doesn't that seem excessive? <laughs> you know, it, like, it, it, yeah. Like, yeah. they're overworked, they're exhausted, so it stands to reason that they're being even more... Just trying to be, like, more thorough about it, because... Yeah, they don't have the time to be, or they don't have, like, the capacity to really think about it, and also, mm-hmm. do they really care about muggles enough, you know? Because there's that, there's that right. also that other thing about the Statue of Secrecy, in which that separation le- lets them think of muggles as the other, in a way that is, strips them of kind of humanity or worth, right? Mm-hmm. Their muggles are obviously seen as beneath wizarding kind, so do they even care about right. the damage they do to a muggle. So, it's something to think about. He disapparated, uh, and then Ginny asked, I thought Mr. Bagman was head of magical games and sports. He should know better than to talk about fledgers or muggles, shouldn't he? He should, said Mr. Weasley, but Ludo's always been, well, lax about security. You couldn't wish for a more enthusiastic head of the sports department, though. He played Quidditch for England himself, and, you know, he was the best beater the, Wim- the Wimborne Wasp ever had. So this is the third or fourth public or professional Quidditch club that we've heard of, right? Like Wimborne Wasp, Chudley Chudley Cannons, Hollyhead Harpies. Oh, no, Holly we Had, heard of have we yet. heard of that before? Hat? I don't know. We know about Pud- or we're about to know about Puddlemere United. Yeah, which we may we have definitely known about before because I think that might have been someone's favorite team. No, that's not until uh, that's not until Order of the Phoenix. No. Mm-hmm. Yes, Order of the Phoenix. Okay. Um, so. Yeah. They trudged up the misty field um, with long rows of tents. Most looked almost ordinary. Their owners had tried to make them as muggle-like as possible, but had slipped up by adding chimneys or bell pulls or weather vanes, which just seems excessive. Um, right. However, here and there was a tent so obviously magical 
Harry could hardly be surprised that Mr. Roberts was getting suspicious. Halfway up the field stood an, extra stood an extravagant confection, confection wow, of striped silk, um, like a miniature palace with several live peacocks tethered to the entrance. Two things. One, why do you need peacocks? Chill. Two, I'm pretty sure those are them. That's the Malfoys tent. I'm right. like, because um, at Malfoy Manor, at Malfoy Manor, um, Lucius has like peacocks. Like I can go grab my book, oh. but he has peacocks that just kind of like stalk around Malfoy Manor, oh. just like as a thing, as a decoration. And it would also make sense to me that the Malfoys would even like, even though it kind of like goes against what's supposed to happen, that they would want to like set themselves apart and like be like, we're so magical that we can't like help it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we can't disguise, it's beneath us to try to really disguise our tent as like non-magical. So yeah. we're going to go all out and have live peacocks tethered at the entrance um, and like have it look like a palace. Yeah. So, and it's really the peacocks that, that gave it away for me, mm. like reading it this time. I've never thought that until this time reading it. Um, it did to me, it seemed like, and I, I totally, now that you say it, I like totally buy into that. And I think that's probably true. Because um, to me, it was like definitely a someone one-upping or showing off in a way that is it's more about it's more for the the wizards that are camping than it is about like anything else it's like being mm -hmm. having a physical like obvious sign of your like superiority or your like importance so it makes a lot of sense that that would be the Malfoys because I was just thinking like it's like that's not you're not even trying chill like, no like why, not at why, all why like, do you even need literally peacock? not trying why do you even need peacock like, <laughs> like who brings peacocks to like you gonna feed general? who's gonna feed them who needs them in general and then like pack? why are you bringing them on a trip on vacation? Right. <laughs> like it makes absolutely no sense unless you just want to showboat and like show off your wealth like i'm just doing it because i can yeah <laughs> not because it's practical nah just because I, I can um so they reached the edge of a, of the wood at the top of the field and there was an empty space with a small sign hammered into the ground that read that read Weasley W-E-E-Z-L-E um, oh why oh wow um, sorry but I'm curious like when they make the reservation wouldn't it have his name spelled right like why is it right like or was it over the phone like I'm confused about that but it's fine it's cute like it's whatever it's cute I yeah um couldn't have a better spot said Mr. Weasley happily the field is just on the other side of the wood there. We're as close as we could be. Right. No magic allowed, strictly speaking. Not when we're out in these numbers on muggle land. We'll be putting these tents up by hand. Shouldn't be too difficult. Um, Harry had never been camping in his life. The Dursleys never took him on any kind of holiday, preferring to leave him with Mrs. Fig. However, he and Hermione worked out where most of the poles and pegs should go. And though Mr. Weasley was more of a hindrance and a help, um... Because he got so over, he got thoroughly overexcited when it came to using the mallet. They managed to erect a pair of sh shabby two-man tents. Um, so they stood back to admire their handiwork. Nobody looking at these tents would guess they belonged to wizards, Harry thought. But once Bill, Charlie, and Percy arrived, um, they would be a party of ten. Hermione seemed to have spotted this problem. She gave Harry a quizzical look. Um, and Mr. Weasley dropped his hands and knees and entered the first tent. We'll be a bit cramped, but I think we'll all squeeze in. Come have a look. And so then we see the magical tent, which is 
the extension. It's bigger on the inside. It's yeah, the TARDIS tent. And, yeah, <laughs> the TARDIS tent. Undetectable um, extension charm. Yeah, which is um, also like it's cool because it's um you know we see this tent later. Yes. Um, but also, it oddly enough, it was furnished exactly the same sort of style as Mrs. Fig's house. It would, there were crocheted covers on the mismatched chairs and strongly smell of cats. Um, I, what does that say? Oh, sorry. Sometimes my handwriting is weird. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> um, yeah, I was just like, is that a clue? You know what I mean? Like, it's interesting that I know it's like, what's his name? Perkins or somebody else's, mm-hmm. um, tent. But I just thought that, that was kind of cool. Cause then Mrs. Fig is actually a part of the wizarding world. And like, whether that's actually a connection, it was just kind of. Cool. What's really um, funny too is that when you you kind of make these connections to people, um, like something will re- it always has to like remind Harry of something that he knows and he doesn't know much or many people outside of the Weasleys and the Dursleys. He's been so sheltered, I guess is the right way mm-hmm. to put it. Um, I I mean it's one way to put it or or hidden. It's, it's probably a better way to put it. <laughs> That he doesn't have, like, a lot of different things to reference think about. Points. Or reference points. Yeah, so, like, it just, it, it's old and crocheted and stuff. Because I was thinking, besides, like, because the strongly smells of cats is definitely, like, a mistake thing. But, like, just having it, like, it could be your grandmother or something like that. But, like, he he doesn't have the reference points, so it's really just mistake. Mm-hmm. Though, thinking about it as in, like, could it be kind of a, like, aha, like, she's not, or she comes from magic, even if she's mm-hmm. a squid. Going back again to the fan fiction that I read where some squibs, younger squibs, live in Nocturne Alley, hmm. which is sad, but makes sense because it's, yeah. a, you know, a part of the world that they know, but can't really be a part of. Thanks for those feels. You're welcome. Um, fan well, it's not for long, said Mr. Weasley. I borrowed this from Perkins at the office. It doesn't camp much anymore. Poor fellow. He's got lumbago. What is that? Lower back pain. I Googled it. Oh. <laughs> so that's yeah. a normal thing. It's a normal thing. It just sounds different. Sound it sounds fuck. It sounds extra. Like, what is that? Where'd you right. It, it sounds like a dance, to be honest. <laughs> like, do the lumbago. Do the lumbago. Like an old school dance. I'm hella corny. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> he picked up a dusty kettle and peered inside. We'll need water. So Harry, Ron, and Hermione decide to go get water while the others get wood for a fire. But we've got an oven, said Ron. Why can't we just... Ron, anti-muggle security said Mr. Weasley. When real muggles camp, they cook on fires outdoors. I've seen them at it. So one, no one would know that they were using an oven because it's not like there's any like smoke or anything that would come out where anyone would notice. Honestly, Mr. Weasley probably just really wants to start a fire and like do the thing how muggles do it. Like that's literally the reason. You do see like how excited he gets doing, putting up the tent and how excited he is about like figuring out the money and stuff. So he he does probably just really want to have that experience. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, though. Um, Neither do I. I've never camped. Ever. I haven't. My parents used to um, take us when we were little. I we didn't, we didn't start fires like the way that they did, though. Because um, they usually have like a barbecue pit mm-hmm. or like a thing like that. So, um, yeah, we used to do it a lot as a kid. Like, we would do camping trips. Um, and then we would also do like my mom's friends from like... My mom's lawyer friends, they would we would go on like I think it was during Memorial Day weekend. It was like them and their families and us and we would do stuff and we'd go on a boat and like camp and stuff. It was fun. But my mom said she slept on her last ground, so I don't know when Aminata's gonna get to camp unless she goes with my dad. 
Right. Um, She's like, I'm not doing that ever again. I'm yeah. Just like, and I, I've done like, I've gone to gone to camp in which I slept in a bunk bed on in like a cabin, right. in you a cabin, like sleepaway camp. But I, which I really missed too. That was really fun. But I tried to go camping once, but they were like super campers, and I and I left before the night ended because they didn't pack food. They were going to like catch. Oh, no, that wasn't a thing that we did. I mean, granted, we were vegetarian, so that's (laughs) (laughs) what you gonna hunt in the woods. You gonna eat some leaves? No. Um, Nah, so we definitely brought food. We usually go to like Trader Joe's or some shit and then like bring it all with us. Yeah. Um, They were like gonna go fish and then, you know, they did have like some canned goods, but I was like, I'm not about this life. Like, I thought we were gonna barbecue and like. Exactly. Yeah, that's what we would do. Like, I I was like, all right, that was a fun hike. Y'all have fun. Um, yeah. Home. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we used to do all that. Like, I, it's really funny, like, the way that, I beginners camping. like, I ended up because we used to do all that, con- like, you know, I, we played all these sports. As, I played all that sports, those sports as a kid. And, like, my parent, my dad, I mean, it was my dad, like, for sure. But, like, my mom did it, too. And she would, like I said, she would never go camping now. Mm-hmm. But that was, like, we did all those, like, kind of outdoorsy things. I've been, like, whitewater rafting done like zip lines and shit i would never do that now if i hadn't done it before you know what yeah. i mean but that's also a thing with like but your like, mom being like she did that when she was young like there was like so much stuff that my parents did because we both had young parents like mm-hmm. that now like if i was like hey dad let's go do he'd be like with who what exactly <laughs> <laughs> like, he's we, like the devil is alive like, we, we Not did that a, a while ago and yeah we did that a while ago for a reason mm-hmm. um and that's real. Like, it's like sometimes, yeah, it's just funny to think of like with, and it makes, it makes sense totally. But then it's funny to think of things that like my parents used to do back in the day that they just totally wouldn't do now. <laughs> like, I'd just be like, really? Why? Yeah, they would um, have done that, not doing anything. Exactly. So it was only dawning on Harry um, as they walked through the campsite. Um, how many witches and wizards there must be in the world. He had never really thought about, thought much about those in other countries. Um, so some of their fellow campers were starting to wake up. First, as there were families of small children. He had never seen witches and wizards this young before. A tiny boy no older than two was crouched outside a large pyramid-shaped tent holding a wand and poking happily at a slug in the grass, which was swelling slowly to the size of a salami. As they drew level with him, his mother came peering out of the tent. How many times, Kevin, you don't touch daddy's wand? And as she took the, the wand from the baby... Um, the baby was, or the little boy was like, you bust slug, you bust slug. Cause and she stepped on it. Stepped. Um, really quickly. And I'm sorry for this. And then we'll be even. <laughs> yeah. And then we'll be even. And then we'll no longer do it anymore for this episode. But it's interesting. Like Harry. So one, like Harry never saw witches or witches, witch, mm, magical people that young <laughs> before. So I just couldn't do yeah. it today. But then also it's kind of like this scene is kind of like, and I only thought about it as you were reading it out loud, but just like. It's very much like a situation that he could, like a moment that he could have had as a child. I wrote this. You said you wrote that? Later, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm really glad. A short that, okay, way forward. further on, they saw two little witches barely older than Kevin who were riding toy broomsticks. Oh, yeah, the broomsticks. I thought, I thought it with the broomsticks. That rose only high enough for the girls' toes to skim the dewy grass. And that reminded me of the picture of Harry riding the toy broomstick that Sirius bought him. Sirius bought mm-hmm. his first broomstick. HP <laughs> trivia. <laughs> Sirius. Bought his yeah. first broomstick. Ugh. So yeah, um, so it's just kind of interesting that he's kind of watching this, but then 
it's so far removed. Sure, in the back of his head, it's like, this is a thing that, like, this is what it would look like to be raised by witches and wizards versus, like, the Dursleys. I mean, there's, um, a, there's such a big jump. And also, I don't think, I'm sorry if I brought feels into the conversation with that fa- fanfic thing. I also saw something on Tumblr and Amani and told me that I could never put Connie on the feelings bench again, but... I mean, I guess Wizard I'm team is there. always on the feelings bench. I'm sitting to be there honest. right next to her, but that's because Tumblr is gonna tumble. Tumble, you know what I mean? Like Tumblr, sometimes they just be rude. Like I just be minding my own business, scrolling, scrolling, and then they just break my heart. Like y'all not even gonna warn. There should be a feelings warning, like <laughs> trigger warning, feelings ahead. Like so, anywho, I didn't get like a lot of feels from this about like. That he, I, I mean, I guess they're there. They're, like, kind of embedded in it anyway. But mm-hmm. that this is what he should have. He should be used to this, right? Because he should have grown up in the wizarding world. Um, but the idea that it, it, when I was reading this, it helped, it kind of helped put the Weasleys in perspective, too, in better perspective. Like, Ron especially. The idea that you can be so immersed in magic and magical culture and like so far removed from like the muggle world because your parents are that I think that's what this chapter does to me or this this section does to me more than anything else because I always get stuck on that like really y'all can't pick up a magazine like why can't you why can't you figure this out like it's not that difficult but that's coming from the perspective of Harry and a little bit of Hermione they are in the muggle world and and so we always, in the, in the previous books, we see this transition into the magical world. But for some people, there is no transition. You're just in there the whole time. And you never right. have a reason to leave. But then again, this is the 90s. <laughs> Encyclopedias were around. Because I had all the Encyclopedia Britannicas, which were amazing um, for you youngins like Bayana. An encyclopedia I know what an encyclopedia is, is Wiki- Robin. It's like Wikipedia, but... Publish. When did Wikipedia come out? Like, I don't know, but I just, your mom reminded me that you were born in 1994 today, and I was just like, Yeah, but I read encyclopedias. Like, sure? I had those. I'm definitely sure. All right. Maybe talk to, like, Akira. Akira she was well, born in 1999. That's, Akira, that's different. Yeah, Akira spent the uh, weekend with me, and then she was, like, watching Gilmore Girls and was laughing about, like, Rory asking for the Webster's, the compact Webster's Dictionary. And she's like, who would ask for that? And I was like, I ask for that every year. Okay, yeah. Wikipedia launched in 2001, but like that wasn't like internet was barely a thing back then. Like in terms of in schools, like I don't think I used Wikipedia or like knew what Wikipedia was until high school. I'm pretty sure. But you had computers in your school from jump. You had computers. Yeah, but we didn't use like. But we didn't. Literally, the only thing we used computers were was for like typing class. Okay. And I was like taking those classes like. What would I ever use this for? Ha ha, <laughs> joke's on me. Now I have carpal tunnel. Um, but <laughs> that, was like, that was like the only thing we used computers for at the time. And my okay. dad played Civilization all the time. That was the other thing. <laughs> Your dad's such a nerd. I love it. I know. But he's so cool. You guys like would know. Like I wish we should have Baba on the episode at some point. I was like, texting him earlier today and he was like, um, cause I was telling him when I'm coming home and he was like, yeah, I'm waiting to see all the movies when you come home. And I was like, Star Wars. He was like, yep. yep. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm waiting too, but y'all probably gonna go without me in that little window, that tiny that's break you're... when I'm in San Diego. Well, that sucks for you. You should just not go to San Diego. You want to tell my mom I'm not coming home for Christmas? No, go ahead, I don't. Tell her. That's why I didn't say ahead. it. You go ahead. Tell her. 
Um, That's why I didn't say it. I mean, shoot, you <laughs> might not even be in town for fences either. Wow, sucks to be you. Wait, y'all gonna have to go, y'all would go on the day. I mean, like, I don't I actually go, know. I can convince my family to go see fences. Like, that's fine. My family would go see Fences. I can't get my family to go see Star Wars. My brother just watched Star Wars <laughs> and started with Jar Jar Binks and was like, nah, I'm good. And he won't go back and watch it. And I'm like, but that's your, why did you, why would you start yeah, there? Yeah, that was his fault. Why would you? I have no sympathy for him. That's a terrible idea. Why would you, you do that? You played yourself. And now, like, I'm trying to convince him, like, but you started at the wrong point. And he's like, nah, man, it wasn't that good. I'm like, No. No, but you know, my family's full of mothers. Can't relate. And normal. <laughs> I'm just like, can't relate because last winter we definitely had a full on Star Wars marathon. I know. And like, we went in order starting with one, but that was because just because you know. that's only because the Force, Awake- the Force Awakens is seven, so it made sense yes. in that like context. Um, but also because you, you did it right the first time. Yeah, that's true. And you can- that's actually, and. And I think it could possibly be a different movie. I could be lying because I could be just, like, too young to remember. But the first, like, sci-fi movie I saw was A New Hope. I'm see, pretty sure. Weird. I didn't see Star Wars until, like... That was my dad's shit. When that trilogy, and Dune, which I still haven't seen. When they were talking about the new trilogy, and I was like, Star Wars seems like some ish that I should get on. And then, when I first saw Star Wars, Tomorrowland made sense to me in a way that it hadn't before. Because my parents could never tell me what was going on with the rides there. Mm-hmm. Like, they have R2-D2 in a ride at Disneyland that I went to almost every day of my adult, or of my childhood. And my parents could not tell me. They were like, it's just part of the ride. Why are you asking questions? Like, I was like, this has to be uh-huh. part of the movie. Because then Captain EO also had, like, this whole star. I was like, this, there's something bigger going on here. And my little <laughs> brain was like, I'm missing something. But my parents right. were like, it's Disneyland. That's so sad. They just made it up. Because my parents said, if you ask my parents, Disneyland, they just thought of all these characters for those rides. That's why. Stop asking questions. They don't know. I'm sorry. And that's really sad. And this is really a tangent sad. that has gone on way too long. But <laughs> It has. But I don't even know where we started. But that's really sad. Because you're about to go see Star Wars without me during the weekend. Oh. Because the Weasleys are so steeped in that culture that they don't know anything else. And this is the first book in which we do not go straight from the muggle world into, and we don't have that transition point, so we get to see the magical world outside of, like... Hogwarts and Diagon Alley. Yeah, but also a, a, a smoother, I guess, transition into the magical world and into, like, a day, like a glimpse of daily life in the magical world that's not Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. So for all of the readers, it's, it's always been, like, as we follow Harry, you know this harsh contrast, like this very harsh contrast between the two. and this Right, and we don't really get that after this. No. Now, like, now it's just like, I mean, like, Order of the Phoenix, we get it for, like, right. a couple chapters, but it's really just kind of in, con- in like, indirect contrast to Harry being, like... Uno? No. Sorry, I, sorry, I don't know. Order of the Phoenix. No, like, both him having PTSD from, the, from the, this year, okay. um, and then also like, knowing some shit is up and expecting some magical shit to go down and being in this, like, ridiculously muggle, like, place. Yes. And not really being able to reconcile that. Yes. Um, um, so yeah, okay, so let's it, move it just, on. It just really helps us, um, just to recap, in case you forgot mm-hmm. from that. All that. All that. Yeah. <laughs> it just really helps, it really helps me to reconcile, like, the, how the Weasleys 
children can be the way that they are, mm-hmm. as well as remind us on the Fieldlings bench of what Harry missed out on. Okay, here and there, adult wizards and witches were emerging from their tents and starting to cook breakfast. Some conjured fires with their wands and some tried to use matches. Three African wizards sat in serious conversation, all of them wearing long white robes and roasting what looked like a rabbit on a bright purple fire, while a group of middle-aged American witches sat gossiping happily beneath a spangled banner stretched between their tents that read the Salem Witches Institute. Um, I always thought that was the 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 American school. It's not, though. My thing is, is this a think tank? Is it a postgraduate school? Is it like a small... Um, I'm Googling it because I can't remember. It's just a, it's a wizarding organization. Yeah. Which That's doesn't it. make sense. Okay, hold up. So this is from the Harry Potter wiki. And so it says, J.K. Rowling stated that the Salem Witches Institute is a play on the Women's Institute of the United Kingdom. These organizations seek to provide women with educational opportunities and to campaign on issues of importance to women in their communities. So it's like a, it's like a think tank slash nonprofit organization. Right. Okay, which and the reason that this is confusing is because in an interview released shortly before Goblet of Fire, um, J.K. Rowling responded to a question about whether American children could attend Hogwarts by stating, no, they have their own school, you'll find out in book four, which led to speculation that Salem Witches Institute was that. But I guess that in that way, like, she could have possibly meant that that was what, that, that it was a wizarding school initially and then, like, recanted on it, or they meant, or she meant, you'll find out in book four that American wizards have their own yeah. school, not the name of it. Yeah. It's kind of vague. Yeah. Um, I think I think she, I mean, considering like the name and stuff and saying that it was a playoff of that, I think what she meant was that we find out that there are other wizarding schools. Wizarding schools. And so therefore, yeah. there, there is obviously a school in America. Um, mm-hmm. One thing that I think is really great about this is, I've never been to the World Cup yet, or I've yet to go <laughs> to the World Cup. I'm saying it that way. Because never been me makes it seem like the final. <laughs> I have yet to go to the World Cup when it is finally set, when America finally gets chosen. FIFA's a bunch of crooked. Y'all know what's going down with FIFA. Anyway, I think that this is kind of what, like, this reminds me of, like, what it would look like to go to, like, the World Cup or the Olympics and having this these, like, little pockets of nationalist pride everywhere. Because at this point, they're about to, they're going to the final of the Quidditch World Cup. So three African wizards, whatever country they're from, because Africa is right. a continent, if they're even from the same country, or I'm assuming they are because they're all sitting around talking in the same language, but their team is already knocked out. The American team is probably already knocked out, but they're still there because it's like the biggest thing. In the, you know, you don't just stop watching the World Cup mid-World Cup because your team got knocked out. Right. Or they probably had tickets to the finals because they're going. But I like I like this because it's one of those things where even in the differences between the magical world and the wizarding world, like or the muggle world and the magical world, like this is like the same thing. It's a different sport. They have purple flames, but it's the same thing. Like these people have traveled across the world to like cheer on their team for this game, this sport that is basically soccer in the air. And, like, it, there are, like, these minor quirks and whatever, but it's the same, it's the same. So, yeah. like, I like that because you, you get to see these little things. So, it wasn't, or is it my eyes, or has everything gone green, said Ron, and it wasn't just their eyes. They walked into a patch of tent, all covered with a thick growth of shamrock, just, like, dirt, 
description always reminds me of Lord of the Rings and Hobbit holes. I don't know why, <laughs> but because I also have never that's real. seen or read those, but like it's right because it says it looks like small, oddly shaped hillocks that sprouted out of the earth. Yeah, because they have, it's it's full of it's like covered in covered in shamrock leaves. And stuff. But just to finish this quick thought, and we'll get back into it. Is that like mm-hmm. it? It is obvious that like. Ireland is the closest, and they're also in the finals, right? So, like, they have these little pockets of things, and then they turn the corner, and then there's this huge showing of people. And then we'll see later, too, with Bulgaria, like, this huge showing, and possibly because those two teams, I'm assuming, were probably the favorites all along or whatever, but also this a World Cup takes a long time, at least two weeks, sometimes a month. Our World Cup, our soccer World Cup takes a month. So they've had a long time. They've had a lot of wins. They've got a lot of time to, like, get all jacked up and people coming in as they're, like, you know, going through and winning. And it just, it, it just makes me happy. And I can't <laughs> wait for the World Cup, even if it is going to be a disaster. Harry, Ron, Hermione. It was Seamus Finnegan, their fellow Gryffindor fourth year, he was sitting in front of his own shamrock-covered tent with a sandy-haired woman who had to be his mother and his best friend, Dean Thomas. Hey, Dean. Also a Gryffindor. See? Um, See? I, I just said get, hi. I can't get excited about He's 14. I can't get excited it was about a pl- It was a platonic, hey, Dean. No, I'm just saying, That's it. I, can't get up, I can't get excited about Charlie, but you can be like, hey, Dean. I, you sang a whole birthday and song and had a full birthday. dance situation happening that nobody else can see, but it was a problem. All I said was, hey feel like those aren't comparable. Um, like the decorations, said Seamus. The ministry's not too happy. Uh, why shouldn't we show our colors, said Mrs. Finnegan. You should see what the Bulgarians have got dangling all over their tents. You'll be supporting Ireland, of course, she added. Side eyes. I- Side eyes. Right. <laughs> Basically. When they had assured her that they were indeed supporting Ireland, they set off again. Though, as Ron said, like we'd say anything else surrounded by that lot. Also, we have to remember I wonder- that Seamus' mother is a problem. She is a problem. She's she's an intense. She's an intense she's, person. She's, an intense yeah, person. yeah. So they then go into the Bulgarian camp where the Bulgarian flag, white, green, and red, was fluttering in the breeze. The tents had here had not been bedecked with plant life, but each and every one of them had the same poster attached to it—a poster of a very surly face with black, with heavy black eyes. The picture was, of course, moving, but all it did was blink and scowl. Crumb said Ron quietly. What said Hermione? Crumb. Victor Crumb, the Bulgarian seeker. He looks really grumpy, said Hermione. Really grumpy? Who cares what he looks like? He's unbelievable. He's really young, too. Only just 18 or something. He's a genius. You wait until tonight. You'll see. Um, I love that Hermione is not impressed, but she'll be impressed later. <laughs> um. Um, so, yeah, so they join a small queue for the tap in the corner of the field. Ron, Harry, Ron, Hermione joined it right be- behind a pair of men who were having a heated argument. One of them was a very old wizard wearing a long flowery nightgown. The other was a ministry we- a ministry wizard holding out a pair of pinstriped trousers and almost crying with exa- exasperation. Just put them on, Archie. There's a good chap. You can't walk around like that. The muggle at the gate's already suspicious. I bought this in a muggle shop. Muggles wear them. Muggle women wear them, Archie. Not the men... Not the men, they wear these. So first of all, this dude over here trying to force a gender contract on Archie and Archie is not having it. Right? He's like, he's like, nah fam. I do. I wear whatever I, I want to like, wear. I need my stuff. Or does he say that? Has he said that yet? But. Oh no, yeah. So then, <laughs> so then he says, I'm not putting them on. I like a healthy breeze around my privates, thanks. <laughs> Just, which always made me laugh. Like as a, it's still funny. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
Okay, and it also raises the question, do witches and wizards wear underwear under their, like, robes? That's, like, a, that's a preference. It's a private thing, thing. but it made me wonder if that's, like, a cultural, you know what I mean? Like, obviously, not a, like, like, when they're at Hogwarts, do they just be, like, free-balling, basically? Like, they just be walking around, chilling? Which is cool, if that's what they do, um, I just. Mentions of, like, them, their pants and, like, stuff like that, so. We, like, we have, like, these, like, mentions of, like, pants and stuff like that, which makes it seem like, obviously, when they're getting ready for bed or whatever, and they're in their knickers and, you know, because mm-hmm. in English culture or English language, pants equals underwear and not pants. But the cultural thing with kilts is that when you wear a kilt, you, you free ball, you don't wear underwear, but you also don't wear kilts every day. I don't believe in Scotland. Right. I feel like they're like a ceremonial. The other thing is, is like, like if it gets cold and shit, like you need to like right. You want to layer layer up and so yeah. yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's a personal choice, really. But That's I also fine. really want to say like I think that having the 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 gender conformity conversation is important as well. Just because, I mean, this is the 90s. I was I was having a conversation with your mom earlier today about, like, I was watching Annie last night, the old Annie from the 80s, and I was like, this mm-hmm. bitch is racist. And, right. And then we were talking about, like, how even in the 80s they would say, like, um, she was watching a movie from the 80s and they said Chinaman. And she was like, okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, have you seen 16 Candles? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Long Duck Dong. Yeah. Because <laughs> I remember when I first saw that, and I was like, "Oh I, shit!" I love that movie too. And there's another one. Same. That's like it's like that. But you know, like, so in the '90s, even in the late '90s, we we're still like getting. We're not. We're we're not at the point where we can talk about the gender spectrum. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have to think. I mean, about the number that. of times that she says like witches and wizards. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that distinction yeah. too. So we do have to like talk about it from the lens of like. 97 or what year is it now 94 right 95 Mm -hmm. it's it wasn't in the in the cultural dialogue or in the conversation the way that it is now but there is something to like archie could be like i think that like the thing would be that he's wearing a nightgown and like not a right like go put on a dress that does the same thing for you man (laughs) right are you going to sleep? The or? argument should have been they wear that to sleep because they there are mm-hmm. also men's like shirts, sleeping whatever dresses I don't know that men wear. Mm-hmm. But like so you're wearing I think the argument should have been though like hey yo Archie you're wearing like pajamas as opposed to right women wear these but we can't pretend like that wouldn't have been a thing right like in ninety. 90- Right. In oh, totally. It would have yeah. Been a gendered, like, come on, bro. Women wear mm-hmm. so. But shout out to shout Archie. Out to Archie. Um, I just want to say there's a small in the clothing Pottermore section. There's like a lot of interesting stuff in here, just about like why clothing is so important and like, and just in terms of like blending in with Muggles and then kind of like how some like Malfoy esque people tend to like dress super extravagantly just because they want to like separate themselves from muggles as much as possible but there is a paragraph on archie so it says some members of the magical community go out of their way to break the clothing clause of the statute of secrecy a fringe movement calling itself fresh air refreshes totally um, which the acronym is the acronym 
amounts to fart, <laughs> insists that muggle trousers stem the magical flow at source and insist on wearing robes in public in spite of being, in spite of repeated warnings and fines. More unusually, wizards deliberately adopt ma- um, laughable, sorry, laughable muggle confections such as crinoline worn at, with a sombrero and football boots. Um, the president is Archie. Of course it is. Um, his last name is Aimslow. I can't. Oh my god, no. So I Joe, you're terrible. What? Archie aims low. <laughs> that's that's actually what it is. <laughs> I can't. This is a children's book. <laughs> no. Yes. Oh my god. Since we're talking about fashion, though, for a second, I need to update Wizard Team and Bayana because I know that you're not checking your phone, but my phone is going off. Aminata. Oh, I just saw it. Is at the point where we have to, like, now be careful what we say around her because she just said that one of her schoolmates didn't like her dress because he has no style. So. (laughs) (laughs) Real. So. No. I'm just saying, you know, Archie has a different sense of style. And Aminata, who has been known to tell me, quite matter-of-factly, I don't like what you're wearing. I don't like that skirt. I don't like that shirt. Like, and she has broken down basically everything that I'm wearing and why it does not work. Would just go up to Archie. Could you imagine what she would say to Archie in his, in his long flowery night? Dude, I can't. That is the realest thing she's ever said. Like, I, like, she came by that so honestly. <laughs> to be honest, like, like, that's not a surprising thing. It's at very all. much a, a Davis girl thing. I've noticed it's it. It's a very, oh my I've god. It since oh my god. Here. Y'all talk a lot that's about That's pretty, the, you see why, you see Obasi's in fashion design. Like, he's majored in fashion design. Right. That's because of us. Yeah. He would come um, downstairs out of his room looking a mess. We'd be like, really? You're going to wear that? That's... I wouldn't do that. Or my favorite is what you're, when your mother says, well, that's a choice. <laughs> <laughs> when I moved in with them, she told me matter-of-factly, Robin, do you think you're not dating because you have so many clothes you refer to as your lesbian flannel and your lesbian sandals? And I'm like, listen, man, my Burks are comfortable. And if I'm not getting date, all right. But my feet are comfy. I'm That's, warm. I mean. <laughs> and maybe oh I should refer to things as my lesbian whatever. But sometimes you want to look butch. And sometimes you want to dress like a stud. That's real. That's real. I just. Studs dress comfortably. A four-year-old. But yes. The four-year-old. But again, I like can't be surprised. No. The four-year-old would have some. She really told another child. She really told another four-year-old that they didn't have any style. I'm very excited to now. I'm going to like read her this page so that she could say, "What is he wearing?" (laughs) But yeah, I I love Archie. I think Archie should wear what he wants. Archie Ameslow, yeah. (laughs) I'm so pissed at Joe for that. I'm so pissed. Oh my god, girl. You're so wrong for that. I, and that's the only thing you could get, like, reading it out loud. Because I've read his last name, like, cause, you know, I've read that article a couple times. And that's why I even knew to look for it when I got to this chapter. But, like, I totally did not make that connection until just now. I can't. 
I don't even. Huh. I mean, I read that before, and I didn't read it before this because I didn't look at the agenda in time. Because I'm not. I'm barely. I mean, you didn't really need to read but it, but I really only put it on there for Archie. <laughs> wow, that's great! Bravo. Man, fresh air refreshes totally is, is a thing, you know? Sometimes. Yeah. It's true. It's not it's not wrong, like, factually. It's yeah. very true. Cool. Let, let our TV in. If we want to go back to date, they appear to be taken as a cult, um, be taken as cult members by muggles. Like, muggles. Right. They don't think, oh, shit, <laughs> there's a ministry of magic. Yeah, like, here's some, here's some wizards. They're like, look at these weirdos. All right. They into some freaky stuff, mm-hmm. but... You do you. Leave me out of it. I don't want They're anything. Not like, exactly. Don't don't take anything they hand you. Don't drink anything. They send they, mm-hmm. they cult. Anywho. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so on their way back with the water, um, they see more familiar faces. They saw Oliver Wood, who dragged Harry over to his parents' tent to introduce him and told him excitedly that he had been signed to Puddlemere United Reserve Team. Next, they were hailed by Ernie Macmillan, a Hufflepuff okay. fourth year and Hotep YouTube enthusiast. Um, and a little far... It actually says that on page 84. It, Check yes, it out. Um, and a little farther on, they saw Cho Chang, a very pretty girl who played Seeker on the Ravenclaw team. She waved and smiled at Harry, who slapped quite a lot of water down his front as he waved back, which seems like you should need... Now you go back to get... Never yeah. mind. It's cool, Harry. Isn't it it's just cool. a tea um, Like... Right, it's not that much water. All right. So, anyway, um, who do you reckon they are, Harry says, as they pass a large group of teenagers he had never seen before? They don't go to Hogwarts, do they? Expect they go to some foreign school, said Ron. I know there are others. Never met anyone who went to one, though. Bill had a pen friend at a school in Brazil. This was years and years ago, and he wanted to go on an exchange trip, but mom and dad couldn't afford it. His pen friend got all offended when he said he wasn't going and sent him a cursed hat. Made his ears shrivel up. Like that's that's Your fucked up. Your pen ain't shit, Bill. Cause like no. it is not cheap. As we were just talking about this earlier in this episode, mm-hmm. like just be traveling, across, traveling the across the world. The world. I'm sorry that my parents can't afford to send me to Brazil. How about you bring your ass to England? Oh, right. you want to do that? Well, then leave my ears alone. What kind of pen friend? <laughs> also, pen friend is hilarious. Yeah, but okay. Um, right. Harry laughed but didn't voice the amazement he felt um, at hearing about other wizarding schools. He supposed now that he saw representatives of so many nationalities in the camps- campsite that he had been stupid never to realize Hogwarts couldn't be the only one. He glanced at Hermione who looked utterly unsurprised by the information. No doubt she had run across the news about other wizarding schools in some book or other. So that's probably one of the books she bought back in like first year when she first found out she was a witch. And she was like, I gotta figure out what's going on with this wizarding world. And she probably found some book called, like, Wizardry Education Schools Around the World. And she read that shit. She probably already looked into the exchange program and thought, like, Mm -hmm. you know, this doesn't really fit in with my schedule. I tried to do the whole time turner thing last year. I got a lot of stuff. And that didn't work. I don't have time for this, like, it doesn't seem like, you know, the, the rigors of the learning and the exchange program meet my standards, so no thank you. I would also say, though, Hermione finds out that she is a witch and then does some research. Mm -hmm. Why does it not work the other way around? You have to, like... Well, because it's a difference because they don't necessarily have to, I mean, 
I think for the most part, they don't necessarily have to be You're in the, going mo- in, like, the Marvel world, world the way that Do Hermione does. Pick up a book. Pick up a magazine. Yeah, I don't think... And I mean, like, the other thing is that they're not that surrounded by muggles. That's as, like, true. As high as security is, it's mostly yeah. just them. So... Yeah. Met a few people, or you've been ages, said George, when they finally got back. Met a few people, said Ron, setting the water down. You not got that fire started yet? Dad's having fun with the matches, said Fred. Mr. Weasley was having no success in lighting the fire, but it wasn't for lack of trying. Splintered matches littered the ground around him. Come here, Mr. Weasley, said Hermione, kindly taking the box from him and showing him how to do it properly. At last they got the fire lit, though it was at least another hour before it was hot enough to cook anything. There was plenty to watch while they waited, however... Their tent seemed to be pitched right alongside a kind of thoroughfare to the field, and ministry members kept hurrying up and down it, greeting Mr. Weasley cordially as they passed. Mr. Weasley kept a rum- running commentary, mainly for Harry and Hermione's benefit, as his own children knew too much about the ministry to be greatly interested. And here we get some names. <laughs> some yeah. names. Cuthbert Mockridge, some, head yeah. of Goblin Liaison Office. Gilbert Wimple, he's with the Committee on Experimental Charms. I want to be on that committee. He also has horns for he some reason. He has the horns for a, a Which while. seems like a violation of the statute of secrecy for someone who's, like, running around trying to keep Listen, that in Listen, Experimental check. Charms, you but. get horns, and what are you going to do? How are you going to get rid of them? Experiments <laughs> go wrong, you know? Arnold Peasgood, he's an Obliviator, member of the Accidental Magical Reversal Squad. And, you know, Bowden Croker. They're unspeakable. They're part of the Wizards, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yo! Aha! They're, no, they're not. Yes, they are. No. Yes. That's not true. What's that? They're from the Department they're of They're in the Department of Mysteries. Top secret. No idea what they get up to. The CIA. The Wizarding CIA. That's not what the Department the of Mysteries NSA. is, though. They're more like researchers than they are, like, spies. They're Hit not spies. are in there, too. We don't know what they do in the Department of Mysteries. But we've been to the Department of Mysteries, so we see what they... What else would they oh, be doing? The They're in there all the time. Researching. How are you spying inside all the time? researching us right now. Okay. They're researching what people... Yeah. Ooh, maybe they time travel Whoa. and shit. <gasps> okay, Coffin just gonna put a cap on that, on that idea. So, gonna you know in that thing that we're table working it, on? Put that in my pocket. N- nobody's, nobody's saying nothing. Let's keep, mo- let's move on. Just gonna keep, let's move on. At last, the fire was ready, and they just started to cook eggs um, when Bill, Charlie, and Percy came strolling through. Just apparated Dad, said Percy loudly. Ah, excellent, lunch. Um, so they were halfway through their plates um, when Mr. Weasley jumped to his feet. Aha, the man of the moment, Ludo. Ludo Bagman was easily the most noticeable person Harry had seen so far, even including old Archie in his flowered nightdress. He was wearing long Quidditch robes and thick horizontal stripes of bright yellow and black. An enormous picture of a wasp was, split, was splashed across his chest. He had the look of a powerfully built man gone sightly to seed. The robes were stretched tightly across a large belly he surely had not had in the days um, when he had played Quidditch for England. His nose was squashed, but his round blue eyes, short blonde hair, short blonde hair, and rosy complexion made him look very like a very overgrown schoolboy. I always, for some reason, like thought of I always thought of or like pictured Ludo as like another Gilderoy for some reason I don't know why because now reading it I don't you know what I mean I picture but for some reason in my head that was like a thing that I pictured like just as a kid now I just picture like there's an actor who keeps coming in my head but I can't like every time I think of it like picture it then it goes away so I can't remember 
I picture Charles Barkley. I picture Lita Bagman as Charles Barkley and Gilderoy Lockhart as like a Trump. I'm always trying to like figure out the connection. Well, you said Ludo was who? Barkley. Like he's a really he's that's a great funny. That I get. I can see that so he though. He gets away with saying whatever the hell he wants, and he has no yeah. shame. And people love him because he's got a lot of personality. And he's charming, but sometimes he says out of pocket stuff, or he does inappropriate things. Or, you know, whatever, and he gets away with it because he's a well-beloved former athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's real. You know, there, I'm sure there are other athletes like this. Like, I'm thinking of, like, nope, Charles Barkley. <laughs> Shaq, maybe? No, I don't know. Who says out-of-pocket mm. stuff and they're just old and Charles Barkley? Um, that one dude from the Steelers, an old quarterback from the Steelers, but he's more funny than anything. Bradshaw, Terry Bradshaw. But okay. he doesn't say anything, like, offensive. Like, Charles Barkley has said some offensive stuff. Um, anywho. <laughs> I think it's... Ahoy there, he calls I happily. I think it's interesting, though, to think about Ludo Bagman's... Um, this is our first introduction to him, but, like, just remember, mm-hmm. um, he's who got the tickets for the Weasleys, so his relationship with Arthur, like, they are friendlier than, like, because... To get 10 yeah. tickets for the World Cup final and then we figure out, like, where they're sitting and stuff, like, he mm-hmm. hooks them up. So, he really does. Yeah. He came through. Um, Arthur, old man, he puffed. What a day, eh? What a day. Could we have asked for a more for more perfect weather, a cloudless night coming, and hardly a hiccup in the arrangements? Not much for me to do. Which... Behind him, a group of haggard-looking ministry wizards rushed past, pointing at a distant... Ev- evidence of some magical fire that was sending violent sparks 20 feet in the air um so he clearly is like not paying attention and this is the part where he's living it up a little kind of trump-esque or i don't know like he's just as we, we they mentioned earlier like he's walking around in his like old robe so he's not even wearing like he's not even pretending to wear muggle clothes he doesn't Mm-mm. much care about the statute of secrecy in that way like I feel like to him like there's nothing for him to I mean do it's that then it's not, also like it's a chance for him to relive his glory yeah. and to be like recognized as like this famous dude so um that's what he's gonna yeah, do yeah and I think also though for him like he it doesn't matter if the statute like he's ob- he's personally flaunting the statute of secrecy it doesn't matter to him so it doesn't matter that that is something that, like, is, a, like, the biggest part of putting this whole thing on. It's, like, making sure that there's no big incidents, right? And, like, mm-hmm. the weather's nice, the, the games are going well, and so he feels like he's doing a good job. And and I think that there's some, that, there's some validity to that, um, but also, like, just because you don't care about a law doesn't mean that the law doesn't exist, you know, exactly. or, like, the rule doesn't exist and doesn't need to be enforced in some way. And, like, also there's a lot to be said for, like, as we are about to see Barty Crouch, like, living by example or whatever that is, like, doing by example. Leading doing by, by example. Yeah. Leading, leading by, by example. example. Thank you. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And so he's not doing that, and so... He's obviously, like, the big figurehead for this whole thing. And, like, he's, like, the famous one. He used to be, he used to play for, um, 
play Quidditch for England, and he's like, you know, famous Ludo Bagman is walking around in robes, so then obviously it's cool. Right? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so Percy hurries forward with his hand outstretched. Apparently his disapproval of the way Ludo Bagman ran his department did not prevent him from wanting to make a good impression. Ah, yes, said Mr. Weasley. This is my son, Percy. He's just started at the ministry. Um, and this is Fred. No, George. Sorry. That's Fred. Mm-hmm. Bill, Charlie, Ron, my daughter, Jenny, and Ron's friends, Hermione Granger, and Harry Potter. Bagman did the slightest of double takes when he heard Harry's name. Oh, sorry. I just wanted Go to ahead. talk about, like, the fact that, like, a chapter ago, Percy's talking ish on Bagman and is about to still be, like, show his, like, disapproval of Bagman. But that doesn't stop his ambition. ambition. Yeah. And so, like, to think about, like, because we've talked about Percy a lot, and this is, like, a big, this book has, shows a lot about Percy and his ambition and also sheds a lot of light into, like, his fuller storyline. Percy could have very easily been a Slytherin in that way Mm -hmm. because he is going to, like, voice his opinions and he obviously has his, like, the way things should be done and the way things shouldn't be done and Bagman is not doing things the way that they should be done, but that's not going to stop him from, like, putting on a good face and, like, making the, that connection. He's the head of a department in the ministry, like, where Percy wants to, like, do well and become, you know, an influential person. So he's going to, like, make that connection. You know what I mean? And here he is, like, mm-hmm. chalking it up with his dad. So his dad is obviously an important person. And this is still when, like, Percy recognizes that, whether or not Arthur is the right kind of witch or wizard or the right kind of wizard doesn't negate from the fact that he is important and known within the ministry. So I think it's just like important to take that note about Percy's personality in that, in this moment, like he doesn't approve and we'll see in a second, like how he doesn't approve, but yeah, that ain't going to stop him from getting Um, like LinkedIn connections. Right. Exactly. Um, So Bagman did a double take when he heard Harry's name, his eyes, Click up toward the scar. Um, everyone, this is Ludo Bagman. You know who he is. It's thanks to him we've got such good tickets. Um, fancy a flutter on the match on the match, Arthur. He asked. He said eagerly, "I've got Ruddy or Roddy Pontner." Why are there two ends there? That's terrible. <laughs> Sorry. In terms of like pronunciation, his name is fine. Roddy Pontner. Betting me Bulgaria will score. Bulgaria will will score first. I've offered him nice odds considering Ireland's front three of the strongest I've seen in years. And little Agatha Timms has put up half shares in her eel farm on a week long match. She has an eel farm. That's kind of cool. Um, why? I mean, why? Yeah, but, I mean it's cool. It's, which you know, is maybe like, there's like a, <laughs> you know there are electric eels. There's like a again. Um, magical component to that and again why are any creatures considered magical or not some eels have electricity literally shooting through their body but they're not magical they don't need to be kept secret yep apparently Apparently not not. but why yeah i need to know um oh (laughs) go on then said mr weasley let's see a galleon on ireland to win a galleon um bagman looks slightly disappointed very well very well any other takers they're a bit young to be gabbling, gambling, said Mr. Weasley. Molly wouldn't like. We'll bet 37 galleons, 15 nickels, three nuts, said Fred, as he and George quickly pulled up all their money. That Ireland wins, but Victor Crumb gets the snitch. Oh, and we'll throw in a fake wand. You don't want to be showing Mr. Bagman rubbish like that, Percy hissed. But Bagman um, didn't seem to think the wand was rubbish. 
Um, when he squeezed the wand in it, gave a loud squawk and turned into a rubber chicken, Bagman roared with laughter. Excellent. I haven't seen one that convincing in years. I'd pay five galleons for that. Percy froze in an attitude of stunned disapproval, um, which is very much like Molly, but it seems it's like for a similar and different yeah. reason. It's like two different, like for one, it's like he doesn't approve of his brother's, um, like of like Weasley was a reason, probably for the same reasons Molly doesn't like, doesn't think it's a vi- viable job option and doesn't think that it's it not like, respectable enough or it's not respectable. Exactly. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, the fact that Ludo Bagman would even, like, think that that's cool and, like, give him the time of day, I think he, it also kind of confirms for Percy, like, this isn't the kind of person I'd want to, like, I, I, like, approve of. He's Um, disapproving of, like, both of them. But also, I think it's important for the twins because Ludo Bagman has faults and we're gonna, (laughs) we're gonna, you know, Mm -hmm. like, they are, uh, we're gonna hear more about them. But he also seems very much like the type of, like a, a normal type of wizard. You know, he's friends with Arthur. Arthur, you know, would have bought a fake wand or two back in his day. Like, you oh, know, yeah. it's good kind of like market research of like, Ludo Bagman thinks that these are good. And it's, so it's not just us that, you know what I mean? Like there's something to this and there is a future. Like we right. are on the right track. Um, also, it's nice to have a, outside approval because they're not getting it from their mother or Percy or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think the disapproval worked both ways as in like Percy is like, Oh yeah, I definitely don't. You're not the kind of guy I'm trying to follow or, you know, you're not going to be my way up the hierarchy of the ministry. You're not the kind of person that I want to, um, really get close to or whatever. Um, but also, Mm The disapproval works for the twins because it's like, ah, like the fact that Percy is disapproving of both Bagman and the lawn means that we're on the right track to do the opposite right. of what, you know what I mean? Of what yeah. Percy says. Exactly. Um, Boy, said Mr. Weasley, I don't want you betting. That's all your savings. Your mother. Don't be a spoil sport, Arthur. They're old enough to know what they want. You reckon Ireland will win, but Cromwell gets a snitch? Not a chance, boys. Not a chance. I'll give you excellent odds on that one. We'll add five galleons for the funny wand then. Um, that is rude. Cheers, said George. You said what? That is so rude. Oh, to- it's super rude, but also, like, you're an adult. Like, don't... These are 16-year-old kids. Like, right? <laughs> have some but chill. Like, like I, I'm not... Like, in this situation, it's like, of course Fred and George would want to do that. They're teenagers. Cool. But, like, Ludo Bagman, you're an and adult. And dad said no. Why would you even ask them in the and first place? And their guardian is standing there being like, nah. Nah. So, nah. And it puts it puts Arthur in a very awkward situation because you don't want to, like, one, you don't want to discipline your kids in front of Ludo Bagman. And, like, you don't want to put your foot down, too, because, like, you don't want him to think, like, the famous Ludo Bagman to think that you're being a spoil sport. You know, like, there's some, like, right peer pressure in that a little bit too it's just you put him in a very awkward situation when like a normal adult human being would have heard like the no i don't want you like gambling Gambling gambling," and just like dropped it right Mm -hmm. also like yeah 
it makes me wonder about the legalities of gambling in wizarding culture, but also in the, in Britain and stuff, because that's completely illegal in America. Like, so to have the, and also to have, like, the head of this tournament taking bets is, like, kind of very FIFA-ish. A conflict of interest, low-key? Yes. <laughs> Not low key, yeah. high key, a conflict of interest, but mm-hmm. also just like it leaves it leaves the door open for a lot of like shady ish, which yeah couldn't do me a brew. I suppose I'm keeping an eye out for Barney Crouch. My Bulgarian opposites number opposite numbers making difficulties, and I can't understand a word he's saying. Barney Barney will be able to sort it out. He speaks about 150 languages. Mister Crouch said Percy suddenly abandoning his look of poker stiff disapproval and positively writhing with excitement. He speaks over 200. Mermish and gobbledygook and troll. So that is really impressive, but Percy also should chill a little bit. Anyone can speak troll, said Fred dismissively. All you have to do is point so and grunt. this is also the start of, we had talked about this and I don't know, I'm pretty sure we talked about this this morning, so Wizard Team may not know, about the different Fred and George and like separating them as individuals. And I don't know if we've ever talked about this on the podcast, mm-hmm. but this is kind of like, I went back and reread this um, after we talked this morning and I did notice that, like, Fred does... Oh, yeah, we did talk about this last time because Portia thought that Fred was, like, the meaner twin. Mm-hmm. Fred does get a little bit... He has a little bit more to say. I always thought that she just randomly said Fred or George interchangeably, and I read them interchangeably. <laughs> I read them as a duo. Like, they are... So do I, and I think that she does that on purpose, and I think that, like, I don't know, in my head, like, while I do separate them, like, I do think that in some ways they're different. I also think that the way that they operate, they operate in sync. is very they, much in yeah. tandem and they very, and like, while yeah, Fred may be the more like vocal one and maybe like say more stuff, like nasty stuff. Like generally they say things in yeah. tandem. You know what I and mean? That's like what we were saying about they, like the tongue, tongue, toffee, like they did that in tandem. Right. Like, Right. Fred didn't just decide he was going to drop yeah. it on a whim. George like, knew. literally, they both went upstairs to go to see if they could find yeah. Dudley. And then when they came down, both of their both of them broke out into evil grins. It wasn't just Fred and George was just standing there like, what's mm-hmm. going on? Like, literally, both of them were like, lit. We got our plan to work. Yeah. So, like, it was definitely, but, like, you can't both drop yeah. a ton. You know what I mean? Like, you can't both drop all your sleeps. Somebody's yeah. got to do it. But only one person can do and it. I always kind of um, thought of it as like, yeah, like Fred is the like George is like the quiet mastermind behind. You know what I mean? There has to be like one kind of you know Fred is the front man, but George is just as equally a part of that. He's doing the yeah. same <laughs> shit. <laughs> like, exactly. They plan all that together. Uh. Um, but this in this chapter, I did notice that Fred, and I think like you said, like he's more vocal maybe, but like he does say the more he gets more digs in. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. anyone can speak troll, said Fred dismissively. All you have to do is point and grunt. Percy threw Fred in the nasty, an extremely nasty look and stoked the fire. Any news of Bertha Jorkins yet, Ludo? Not a dicky bird, said Bagman comfortably. But she'll turn up. Poor old Bertha. Memory like a leaky cauldron. Which, I love that because... Yeah. It's like a thing! The leaky cauldron. But also, but also... Cauldron bottom. You know, Percy's report. Those are important. Yep. So it's like, it's a thing. It's, it's, it is a, like, you know, um, my mom always says this thing, which, shout out to my muggle mother. You can't tell shit from Shinola, or you don't know the difference between shit and Shinola. I asked her once what <laughs> Shinola was. She doesn't know. She doesn't know where that thing came from. <laughs> I think it's like a remnant of our country-ass family back in, like, Oklahoma and Mississippi. 
but that is a phrase um, that I already know. Like when I turn, like I feel like as soon as I hit like forty or forty five, it'll just like insert itself into my vocabulary, and I'll be like, "What the hell?" It's an American luxury lifestyle brand. All right. Oh no, that's not right. It nope, that's not right. Because it was founded in two thousand eleven. So there's something else. They probably I, got that. To me, it sounds like. Yeah, to me it sounds like it sounds to me like a cleaning product. Some, so same, and that's what I was looking for. Yeah. But of course, when you Google Shinola, it's two thousand eleven millennial. Like, yeah, millennials are so irritating, bro. Says the millennial. Can't even figure out what some real <laughs> stuff is. So fake, the fuck. Oh, there's something that says shoe polish. Ah. What's that? See, that sounds more like what it would be. Yep. 20th century shoe polish company that went out of business in 1960. 1916? And then it was, and then it was 1960. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, they went out of business in 1960, so then this other, this other, what's it called? Um, My mom wasn't born in 19. So then the other company took it for the, for its luxury brand okay. or whatever. But. But shoe polish, okay. that's why. So that makes sense. Yes. But she would always say this, and I think that she got it. I know, because she wasn't born in 1960, that she got it from, <laughs> like, her, like, my grandparents or, like, aunts or something like that. But it is, like, mm-hmm. just one of those, like, random country-ass phrases that, like, pop up in my, like, my family is really funny because um, both sides of my family, actually, and this is, like, so just black, um, if we're not special in any means but like started in the south and then moved to um moved to california and we have on both sides of my family been here for at least three generations now i would say because our grandmother moved from oklahoma both of my grandmothers actually were born in oklahoma yeah we have this weird like we're, we're californians but we there's these weird country phrases that just pop up and like we have like i have i was sent to oklahoma one time for the summer and it was an eye-opening experience (laughs) but we do have country in our roots anywho i love that like leaky cauldron is like that it's like you know she's got a couple screws loose like or merlin's beard or you know like there are leaping lizards galloping gargoyles or whatever that gargoyles you know like these like takes on muggle phrases i guess so she says memory like a leaky cauldron and no sense of direction Lost, you take my word for it. She'll wander back into the office sometime in October, thinking it's still July. Mike? You don't think it might be time to send someone to look for her, Mr. Weasley suggested. Barty Crouch keeps saying that, said Bagman. But we really can't spare anyone at the moment. Oh, talk of the devil. Barty. Um, a wizard just apparated, had just apparated at their fireside, and he could not have been more contrast with Ludo Bagman. Barty Crouch was a stiff, upright, el- elderly man dressed in an impeccable, crisp suit and tie. The parting in his short gray hair, was almost unnaturally straight, and his um, narrow toothbrush mustache looked as though he trimmed it using a slide roll. His shoes were very highly polished. Um, Harry could see at once why Percy idolized him. Percy was a great believer in rigidly following rules, and Mr. Crouch had complied with the rule about muggle dressing so thoroughly he could have passed for a bank manager. Harry doubted that even Uncle Vernon would have spotted him for what he really was. So I have... I have a couple of things even if just to go back to Bertha Jorkins like she even if she is like lost and you know a memory like a leaky cauldron or whatever that's more that's even more reason to go get 
to have someone go get her or like go look for her. <laughs> yeah. And to turn up in October thinking it's July, like that may sound funny, but that is not okay. A problem. That is, you were three months late to work. <laughs> July, August, September, October. Right. Yeah, exactly. You were three months late. Like that is not turn up the next week thinking, you know, like, oh, I got the dates wrong. Um, or I don't know, like I, I do this a lot. I'm sure other people do it when like the time changes and you're like, oh, my bad. I'm an hour off. Like you get that excuse mm-hmm. once, you use it once, maybe twice. But three months is not really, that's not realistic at all. No, you can't turn up to work just after nothing. Thinking it's July. Three months you later. Three, you have a three yeah. month gap in your memory. Like we need to get that checked out. Yeah. Which goes back to our earlier discussion about memory trend. Pull up some mm-hmm. grass, pull up a bit of grass, Barty, said Luna brightly. No, thank you, said Crouch. I've been looking for you everywhere. The Bulgarians are insisting we add another 12 seats to the top box. Oh, is that what they're after? I thought the chap was asking to borrow a pair of tweezers. Bit of a strong accent. Again, that is a marked difference. Oh, yeah. I would like to add 12 boxes to the top, or 12 seats to the top box. I would like to borrow tweezers. Mm. I don't know how strong his accent is, but... Mr. Crouch said Percy breathlessly, Would you like a cup of tea? Yes. Thank you, Weatherby. Fred and George choked on their own cups and... Percy's very pink around the ears. Okay, wait. Let's let's pause though. But can we pause? Because so he calls him Weatherby. How do you how do you mess up? Like I get if you were trying to if you were calling him by his first name. Okay, it's not Percy. It's like you could come up with something else. Okay, fine. But Weasley, you know his father. <laughs> you know his last name. That's fucked up. Like you can't then immediately say, I've been wanting a word with you too, Arthur. How do you know Arthur and his last his name, but you don't know his son's last name? You call him Weatherby? How'd you forget that? They're sitting at the same camp. Maybe That's like shady. That's fucked up. Maybe <laughs> he didn't put two and two together, this redheaded, freckled boy. No, he is a smart dude. He is a smart dude who can make us he can make connections and contact. Like you he can he figured that out. Listen, no, that there's no way. What if Percy's been working there for like how long? Like three months. Not that long. Not that, but like long enough for you to know somebody's name, what? especially if it's someone who's like the son of a coworker. Okay, but listen, and it's like a everyone knows who the Weasleys are. Listen, they're in the Sacred Twenty Eight or whatever the listen, fuck. Like, listen. Weasleys are not. They're not some like lowly. I'm just listen, saying Linda. that, and I'm not even mad. I think that this is impeccable shade, and I'm here for it, and I think it's hilarious. But also, we just have to acknowledge that it's shady as fuck. It's shade. <laughs> and I, this goes back to one of my favorite characters in the history of characters and someone who I aspire to become one day, Ron Swanson, who likes to think whenever someone's getting a little too chummy, calls them by the wrong name to knock them down a peg. He doesn't want them to think that they're too close. So he started calling Ann Susan. <laughs> Just because he thought she was getting a little too, she started to think might mistake them for friends. Maybe that is maybe Barty Crouch lives by the Ron Swanson rule. Percy's trying too hard. That's a mess. I need to keep him in his place. He's getting me called in a report two weeks before I asked for them. Just all right, Weatherby. Man, don't catch my tea, Weatherby. Man, it keeps him wanting to prove himself. He it keeps him humble. Keeps him working hard. All Percy wants is for him to get I his guess. name right. The management technique. But I mean, sure. I mean, you know, A plus for for shade, <laughs> for sure. Okay, I've been wanting a word with you with you too, Arthur. 
Ali Bashir is on a war path, or Ali Bashir is on a war path. He wants a word with you about your embargo on flying carpets. Uh, Mr. Weasley heaved a deep sigh. I sent him an owl about that just last week. If I've told him once, I've told him a hundred times. Carpets are defined as a muggle artifact by the Registry of Prescribed Charmable Ar Objects, but will he listen? I doubt it, said Mr. Crouch. He's desperate to export here. Well, they'll never replace never brooms in Britain, will they, say Bagman? Oh, um, Ollie thinks there's a niche in the market for a family vehicle, said Mr. Crouch. Um, I remember my grandfather had an Axminster that could seat 12, but, he, but that was before carpets were banned, of course. He spoke as though he wanted to leave nobody any doubt um, that all his ancestors had abided strictly by the law. Aha! Which is interesting, actually. Aha! Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Indeed. we were talking about this in the last chapter as well, about the portkey and, like, the other things, and I still think flying car is much better than a flying broom, because that leaves you all, or, um, a... Carpet. Carpet. That leaves you all exposed to the elements. You know what I mean? Like, I just... Yeah. Like, why not just be enclosed? You get that invisibility booster. I think Just that, buy a damn like, car. They work. I think Arthur had a market there, and they could be, like, millionaires. I really do. Like, yeah. he could get that going. Yeah. Especially because then, like, you land, you park, muggles ain't checking, except for the fact that you're landing. But you land with the invisibility, invisibility booster thing on, alleyway or something. Like, I don't know. There's a market there for mm -hmm. that flying car. Or you just drive on the street. Right? Unless you're going, like, taking a long trip. Right. Like, to Hogwarts or some shit. Um, <laughs> um. But the, the idea that he wanted to leave nobody in doubt, that all his ancestors had abided strictly by the law, you chalk that up to him just being, like, a, this very straight-laced, like, strict kind of person, um, just in his appearance and everything like that, but also the people who are always, like, trying so hard is because they're trying to, like, want you to forget about... They got something to you know hide. I mean? They got something to hide, exactly. So... Been keeping busy, Barty, said Bagman Breezley. Fairly, said Mr. Crouch. Organizing port keys across five continents is no mean feat, Ludo. Um, I expect you'll both be glad when this is over. Bagman looked shocked. Glad. Looked shocked, sorry. Glad. Don't know when I've had more fun. Still, it's not as though we haven't gotten anything to look forward to, eh, Barty? Eh? Plenty left to organize, eh? Um, Mr. Crouch raised his eyebrows. We agreed not to make an, the announcement until all the details. Oh, details, said Bagman. They've signed, haven't they? They've agreed, haven't they? I bet you anything these kids will know soon enough anyway. I mean, it's happening at Hogwarts. Ludo, we need to meet the Bulgarians, you know. Thank you for the tea, Weatherby. Again, like, I just... Bravo, sir. That is that is a level of petty. I love it. As such, I have not seen. That's just inspired he pushed his undrunk tea back to percy and waited for ludo to rise um see you all later he said you'll be at the top box with me i'm commentating so two things one um which we mentioned or like you mentioned earlier is the fact that like he really hooked them up like 10 tickets in the top yeah. box um okay. two the top box half uh i mean goblet of fire movie not some like not in the rafters where, like, if it rains, they'll be the first to know, as Lucia says, and Malfoy's over here bragging. No, they were also in the top box. Yep. Right next to him. I didn't understand the point of not doing that. So they didn't have to introduce Ludo? But but they could have gotten around that. The minister invited him, or some shit. Uh -huh. They had the minister doing the, the announcements um, anyway. Harry Potter. Which also him. made no sense, because what does Fudge know about Quidditch? But still. I mean, he probably knows something about Quidditch. But still. Anyway, 
a sense of excitement. Oh wait, sorry. He's commentating. What hap- what's happening at Hogwarts, Dad? Said Fred. What what were they talking about? You'll find out soon enough, said Mr. Weasley. It's classified interma- information until such time as Ministry decides to release it, said Percy stiffly. Mr. Crouch was quite right not to disclose it. Oh, shut up, Weatherby, said Fred, See, Fred which Fred I agree with. Fred says it. I don't care. That's perfect. Yep. <laughs> but I would have done it too. He deserves uh, yeah. that shit. I'm not, I'm not by any means, like, I'm just saying, like, maybe there's something to that. Fred is the mean twin. And I think it's more likely that George lets him be. Like, I don't, like, I think it's, it's like, you know, if Fred hadn't said it, George would have been right. Or, you know, George is calling him Weatherby in his brain. Like, George would have been right there with him. But I don't know. It, right. If push came to shove, <laughs> if they had a fight about it, George would be like, well, we was all right? thinking it. Like, like <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm just, like, I'm looking at it a little bit closer now because it's been brought up a couple times. But I'm like, <laughs> maybe there's something to it. People are just seeing this difference between Fred and George. So it looked like the ministry seemed to bow to the inevitable and stop fighting the signs of blatant magic breaking out everywhere. Um, they're getting closer to the match, so, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, I really like that oh. paragraph. It's just very good writing. Is it cool if I read it? Yeah. We don't have to say anything about it. I just really like it. Um, a sense of excitement rose like a palpable cloud over the campsite as the afternoon wore on. By dusk, the still summer air itself seemed to be quivering with anticipation, and as darkness spread like a curtain like a curtain over the thousands of waiting wizards, the last vestiges of pretense disappeared. The ministry seemed to have bowed to the inevitable and stopped fighting the signs of blatant magic now breaking out everywhere. It is very good writing. Um, so salesmen were operating yes. every few feet. Um, Ron said he'd been saving his pocket money all summer for this. He bought a dancing shamrock hat with a large and a large green rosette, and he also bought a small figure of Victor Crumb, the Bulgarian speaker. The miniature Crumb walked backwards and forward over Ron's hand, scowling up at the green rosette above him. Wow, look at these, Harry said, hurrying over to a cart um, piled high with what looked like brass binoculars. Omnioculars, said the sales wizard eagerly. You can replay action, slow everything down, and they flash up a play-by-play breakdown if you need it. Bargain, 10 gallons each. Those are bomb. And if anyone has ever been to a live sporting event, like, especially football and soccer, actually. Like, I don't like going to live football or live soccer because I'd much rather watch it at home because you miss shit. There's no replay. The ball moves too fast. There's like 18 <laughs> different things going on and you can't see it all at once and you're too high up. And it's just, it's better at home. And you don't spend $70 getting there and then like $10 on a Coke and $52 on a popcorn. So it's but it's just better at home. If I had some omnioculars, then we could talk. But I'm just saying, they don't get to watch Quidditch on TV, so... I wish I hadn't bought these now, said Ron, gesturing at his dancing shamrock and gazing longingly at the omnioculars. Three pairs, said Harry firmly to the wizard. Don't bother, said Ron, going red. He always was touchy about the fact that Harry had more money. Um, you won't be getting anything for Christmas, Harry told him, um, for about ten years, mind. And this is, again, Harry being very attuned to Ron's sensitivity. Fair enough, said Ron, mm-hmm. grinning. Oh, thanks, and I'll get us some program books. Their money bags considerably lighter. They went back to the tent. Bill, Charlie, and Jenny were all sporting green rosettes too, and Mr. Weasley was carrying an Irish flag. Fred and George had no souvenirs because they had given Bagman all of their gold. And then in a deep, booming gong sounded, 
it's time, said Mr. Weasley, looking as excited as any of them. Come on, let's go. I will say this. All of the Weasleys have limited means. Charlie and Bill have the most money at this point now because they're obviously single um, with jobs and no children. But Ron doesn't right. know how to, like, Fred and George aren't complaining about the fact that they don't have any souvenirs because they knew going in that they were going to bet it all because they're trying for something bigger, you know? Mm-hmm. Ron still has that, like, childish, and I am not judging because Lord knows I have it too, by, like, impulsive, like, by the first thing that looks awesome and then, like, doesn't wait to, like, get the most for his out of his money, but then is upset right. when yeah. Harry, who, like, Harry had all the opportunities to buy a rosette or whatever, you know what I mean? He didn't. He bought three Omnioculars, which cost more than what Ron bought, but Ron had ten galleons. He just didn't wait, because he's saying, I wish I would have not bought those other things, so he could have bought the Omnioculars, and also Ron knows that Omnioculars exist, so... You know what I mean? Like, well, I mean, maybe he hasn't. Maybe he's never been to a that's a true. sporting match before, so he might not know that they exist. Yeah, that's true. He might not. But it's that idea of like buying what's in front of your face and buying like the shiny thing and not waiting for the perfect thing. Mm-hmm. Which I have. You are more like Harry, I think, and you'll you can like, you know, you know what you want to get, and then you wait until you find that thing, um, which is probably. I mean, it's, I think it is the better approach, but then don't get mad when Harry, your friend, buys you the thing that you want. Again, I'm saying all of this as right. my aunt just, like, gave me this whole lecture about, like, accepting help and, you know, like, I tried to be like, you know how much money you give us on Patreon? And she was like, girl, have I said anything about it? I know. I told you not to bring it I up. I told you I that. Know. I literally told you what she would say, and you still brought she it up. Exactly You're what a mess. You said she said, say. Yeah, because she's my mother, and we're pretty much the, the same, same person. person. I know, but I just want. We're I, even. We're even more the same person than me, and you are the that same is person. True. Which means I have a little bit of my auntie somewhere. I'm pretty much. If you want to know what my mom looks like, or how my mom is, just like subtract the Robin part of me, <laughs> and then that's my mom. <laughs> She doesn't have the nerd feels, but other otherwise she's Bayana. Yeah, otherwise it's the same. Although she literally like she watched Luke Cage, <laughs> and she's hilarious because I was talking to her during Thanksgiving, on Thanksgiving, and she was like, "Have you heard of this show called Luke Cage? It's a Marvel show." And I was like, "Yeah, mom." <laughs> I was like, "You talking to me? Have I show? Have I heard of a show called Luke Cage on Netflix, mom?" I was just like. But tell him why. You don't, tell him why I don't understand it, this question. Tell him, tell him why. Are you going to put your mom on blast like that for the team? Oh, no. No, she, this, no. that's not why she watched it. Oh. That's why she ended up watching uh, Moonlight and whatever the other one was. I can't remember. House of Cards. Um, but she discovered Marshala Ali in Luke Cage. Um, which, yeah. And then she was like, I told her she that he was also in uh, the last two Hunger Games. And she was like, really? Like, she, she, she just wanted to, all of a sudden, she just wanted to watch everything he was in. She, got she was mad. like, really? I have only he, seen the first one. I was like, girl. He was on CBS this morning, which is like, my, I wake up, I only wake up to watch CBS this morning because I also have a thing for Charlie Rose, but also just a really good morning news show. And I texted her that he was going to be on, and she got mad that they were asking him questions because they didn't give him enough time to talk. 
And I was like, you mean like they're yep. having a conversation? And he, she said, he should just yep. do soliloquies. <laughs> like, <laughs> all right. They keep interrupting oh, him with mother. questions. You mean like an interview? Like what they're supposed to do? They ask him questions and he answers because mm-hmm. this is a, a show? You've seen these before, Exactly right? like these that. Q&As. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Why do they keep talking? Okay, let's let's get into MVP and bench because we're getting late. Yes. Um, and this Google Hangouts is fucking up. Um, okay, who did you nominate as your MVP? Archie. Um, Same. It was Arthur for a second, but then Archie, like, just way to go, Archie. Aim low. Standing up for what he believes in. He likes flouting he likes gender norms. Free. He's flouting. He's flouting. Like, not only is he flouting gender norms, but also like. Um, I don't know what, how to like phrase this, like time norm, mm-hmm. like, like clothing time norms or something. I can't think of like the right way of doing yeah. it. You know what I mean? Like, why not wear a nightgown at noon? Like, who, like, cause I do not like eggs. Who decided that eggs have a monopoly on breakfast food? Why eggs gotta be included in everything? Wasn't that in the fault in our stars? Is it? Cause I agree. Maybe that's where I got it from. But also it's just a real thing. Yeah. But I also don't like eggs, so... It's a real right. thing. It's so hard. Like, and then you're just It's in stuck, everything. It's annoying. You're just stuck with the sweet bread. Like, you're stuck with waffles. And pa- and I love waffles and pancakes. But sometimes I want something savory. But you can't... Savory. Mm-hmm. You can't have a breakfast sandwich. Because eggs all it. up in Can there. I have it without eggs? Gross. It's terrible. Uh, can't have an omelet. Because uh, it's all eggs. Exactly. Sometimes I want a hash. It's... Yeah. You it's can have a hash without eggs. I've seen it done before, people. They do it all the time. That's why, you know, Rudy's and their anything. Their chilaquiles. That's why I go there that much, to be honest. Shoot, they should sponsor uh, Wizard Team the number of times we've had meetings in there. True story. Rudy's and Homeroom, 510. Mm-hmm. They should sponsor us. Um, anyway, okay, who did you bench? I benched Ludo Bagman, and then I also went back. I benched Ernie because Ernie got an Ernie. Hotep Ernie got That's benched because he was in the chat. I benched Bagman. Um, I, why, That's so shady. Yeah, I benched Bagman because I just feel like he doesn't, he doesn't have like, there's a lot of things that are wrong. Um, but mainly I think he's just, he's trying so hard to be this like cool, like relevant person, if that makes sense, that he doesn't actually like deal with his real responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah. Um, I think, yeah. too, like, we don't find out until later, but, like, the whole collecting of bets and what comes out of the bets and he's not living up, you know, he's basically robbing folk um, and not paying his his debts. Um, you know, there are a mm-hmm. lot of reasons to bench Bagman, and that's why, and that's really why I benched him, because even though we find out later what he did, or, like, that he, that these bets aren't going to be honored, this is, like, the time in which it happened, so... Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. So thank you for listening. Yeah. Next week we will be discussing chapter eight of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, the Quidditch World Cup. Make sure to read and follow along and let us know who you think is the real MVP and who is benched for that chapter and this one and all previous Goblet of Fire chapters. We are still counting. Um, I got my super cool spreadsheet. If you're shy, I totally understand because I am too. Send it in a DM. I will record it on in a spreadsheet and you'll be good.
It's going down. It's going okay, down. Okay, but not like that. Okay. But yes, please just give us your votes and we will record them. And then at the end, as y'all know, <laughs> we will announce who won the entire book and it'll be awesome. Yeah. yeah and if you want to join the conversation on Twitter, you can add us at We Black and Nerds and hashtag Wizard Team to follow along and to tweet your thoughts and stuff. Yep. So thank you. See you next week.